I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Raj Punjabi, head of identity content at HuffPost. And I'm Noah Michelson, head of HuffPost Personal. Welcome to Am I Doing It Wrong? The show that explores the all too human anxieties we have about trying to get our lives right. Okay, Raj, here's a question that not only have I never asked you this, but I've never asked anyone this. I'm a little scared. How good are you at food storage? Oof, more adulting. Um, Look, I don't think I'm the most educated at it. I do think my body is somewhat of a warrior princess that has luckily protected me from certain things so far. But I think I want to learn a little more about it. Yeah, I am just a worry wart. Mm-hmm. And I'm always worried that like I didn't get something in the fridge soon enough or something defrosted the wrong way or is my ketchup rancid? I don't know. And I don't want to have diarrhea. I mean, I love that we have one adult in the room, at least. (laughs) I am here for that. (laughs) But soon we're going to have two because we've got Kristen Aiken, who is the editorial director of HuffPost Life. She was on for the grocery store shopping episode we did. And she's also been to culinary school. She knows all about this kind of stuff. Um, And she's going to tell us the what's what, not just food safety, but also like how do we keep our foods tasting the best? All right. Yes, chef. Let's do it. Kristen, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So I want to start this episode because I read this terrifying article about this kid, a college student in Belgium, and he apparently made some pasta and he left it out. And then five days later, he reheated it and he died after eating it. So apparently there's this condition or syndrome if you leave out starches specifically, Mm -hmm. I think, like rice or pasta. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that and how worried we need to be about about doing that. Okay, so it's called fried rice syndrome colloquially. Okay. And but it really applies, like you said, to like pastas and rices. It's not specifically fried rice. Yeah. But um I'll just read you a little bit from the case report. But yeah, this it was t- 2008. This guy was 20. He was in Belgium. He made spaghetti with tomato sauce and never put it in the fridge. He left it 
out on his counter to sit for five days. <sighs> he warmed it in the microwave, which I will get to. That's kind of why it's a problem. And then immediately after eating, he went to his sports activities, but didn't even last 30 minutes because he had so much nausea. He was throwing up and then later... Apparently a ton of liquidy diarrhea, they called it. Oh um, and then Poor he guy. went to bed, fell asleep at midnight, and then his parents discovered him dead the next morning at 11 a.m. So it's horrifying. It's horrifying. They did find this bacteria in his system that was linked to the pasta and the spaghetti sauce. Um, it's called Bacillus cerium. It's a pretty common bacteria that's found in most foods. And it doesn't make most of us sick most of the time because... It's really, it starts as, it's bacteria that starts as a spore that's inactive. But once you heat it, in uh, some cases, so that's the initial cooking of the pasta or the rice, it can become activated. And then when it's activated, it starts to release toxins. And the longer that food is left out at room temperature, five days is really a lot, the more the bacteria just multiplies and it's multiplies. It's thriving, yeah. So it's just a big pot full of bacteria at that point. Yeah, and he ate it, and within 30 minutes, it really took effect, and it shut down a ton of his organs because there were so many toxins um, re related. The autopsy finding did link it to that bacteria, but it, they say that a lot of us don't need to worry about anything like that happening. They've never heard of a death specifically this like acute. There may have been some other health issues at hand, but okay. they think sure. this was like primar primarily responsible. So it's not it. happening a lot. It's not happening a lot, but you can get sick. Usually most people will get sick from something like this, but it'll just be, you know, throwing up and it'll resolve itself in two to three days. Because most people who are doing this are leaving it out for a few hours maybe, right? Yeah. yeah. So the rule that you will hear me say a million times over and anyone who writes about food safety is there's this temperature danger zone between 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 140 degrees Fahrenheit where you really shouldn't leave your food in that range for more than two hours because that's when the bacteria starts to multiply more Got rapidly. It. You want it hot, hot, hot or cold, cold, cold. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. Whew, that's a heavy one to start <laughs> yeah, off. I know. I know. It's like something we're doing true crime podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True food crimes. <laughs> so I want to talk about other common things that we eat and leave out. Sometimes let's mm -hmm. talk about pizza a little bit, right? Like sometimes we'll order a pizza. Often it's in a social situation, unless you're me and it's like a whole pizza on a Friday night <laughs> in my bed. But like you leave the pizza out. People are kind of like, you know, grabbing some whatever. And it's out for a few hours. Is that okay, or should we put it be putting the pizza in the fridge right away? Or it's out till the next morning. I mean, I would oh, yeah. I would do that where I just leave it out, and then oh, it's I love room temperature pizza. I love cold pizza. Okay, so do I. But that seems like now this is a bad idea. Well, the cheese is a bad idea, particularly yeah. the tomato sauce. Also, isn't great because uh, pro or sorry, bacteria loves to thrive with protein, particularly which the cheese has, and moisture, uh, and it has a lot of both of those things. So the cheese is. Making it bad. If it were just the crust, it would probably be safer. I mean, that's the thing that we should talk about really in this whole episode. We're going to be talking about the difference between some things are just dangerous to do, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And some things are going to make the food not taste as good. Right. Like those aren't the same thing. Not at all. And like, I think we'll talk a little bit about probably expiration dates and best buy dates and things like that. And in most cases these days, you won't really find an expiration date on food that refers to safety, I think mm. maybe because it's a little dangerous and no, nobody wants to put a stamp on something, you know, because it would be pretty easy to sue if the date were wrong. But it's most about 
quality now, like the best by date or like best used by date, uh, just refers to quality, like flavor, texture and things like that. Right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between a shelf staple food and one that's not. Um, meat is a is a really big one. I feel like there are some canned meats that we, we see like tuna and, you know, fish and things like that mm-hmm. that are what makes that shelf stable, you know, versus something that we cook like what. Tell me a little bit about that. So like dinty more beef stew or yeah. something like that. I always found weird that, you know, it's okay to eat that just straight from a can that's been who knows how long sitting I at room totally temperature. I totally don't understand it. Right. They can preserve it in a n- number of ways. One is by increasing the acidity of a food will uh, make it more food safe. Um, and then a big one is like the sterilization process where they heat it up and then like properly seal it all. And Right. The canning itself. The canning itself is really what. Because that's the thing too. I know like it. a lot of probably our grandmas would, you know, make jam and jelly and, and can yeah. different fruits and stuff. But also if you don't can, if you don't do that right, right. then you're just introducing bacteria It's in a there. preservation technique only if you do it right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which always kind of terrified me. Yeah. I was like, this could just be a time bomb. There are so many stories about like grannies making jars of jam for people and giving them botulism without yes. realizing it. <laughs> right. That is a nightmare. I know. I'm so afraid of that. Before we move on to other things, let's go back to the quote unquote fried rice syndrome or any kind of food like that. What do we what do we ideally want to do with our leftovers? How soon do we want to put it in the fridge? Is it going in the fridge? What are what's the best method? There are different factors at play. Overall, the goal is to get it cooled down within two hours and into the fridge. But if you got this like giant pot of something super hot, let's say like a giant vat of soup that's boiling hot, mm-hmm. if you just put that in the refrigerator as is. It's going to take so long to cool down that in the end, not only will it be in that danger zone probably for longer than two hours, but it'll also raise the temperature of your fridge, making all of the other foods in it susceptible to spoilage. That's wild. I never even thought about that. In culinary school, they always told us to take them, take a big pot of soup and like separate it into multiple small ones and stir them to cool them down. And so a smart thing to do at home is just separate your food into different containers so that it cools down faster. So we don't want to put something into the fridge hot. We do want to let it cool down if before we put it If it's a small amount, it's okay. kind of okay. Yeah. But yeah, generally leave it out on the but counter like a for of a little bit yeah. until it's like not scalding hot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about like breads, cakes, muffins, things that people often leave out on the counter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay? Most of those are fine, but not always. There are these great reference charts you can look up online. Like, for example, if... Uh, you know, a cheesecake is a baked good, but it's got cheese in it, which is a protein and susceptible to moisture. Yeah. So cheesecake never leave out okay. on the counter. Immediately put it in the refrigerator. The other thing to watch out for is fruits. Any like pie with fruit or anything shouldn't really be left out for too long either. Immediately put those in the refrigerator. So it's just think about like anything with moisture, but like a pound cake mm-hmm. could be left out for a few days Got it. and be safe. It also kind of depends on where you live and what your apartment's like, right? Like sometimes mm. ours... Our apartment is like hot and we will put bread in the fridge because we're like afraid. And it has like molded really quickly quicker than if we put it somewhere like cool and, you know, like store stuff cool and dry. And like New York City apartments are. You're like, where is that? Yeah. yeah. What's cool and dry? Yeah, yeah. Bread is tricky, too. I recently started trying to buy bread with fewer preservatives and oh. that just goes moldy so fast. Yeah. Right. The yeah. other stuff. It's we a do that, scary. too. And it does get moldy really yeah. fast. So it's just like fridge or freezer for us. Yep. I recently there was a sale on Amazon that I learned about through HuffPost at Christmas and I got like 40 um, storage containers for like $19. Mm-hmm. 
but they were plastic. And my boyfriend, Benji, was like, oh, we should get glass ones. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to put food in plastic. And, like, I know that that's, that's sort of rumbling around in the back of my head. Like, plastic isn't good. Yeah. But is that true? Do we want all of our Tupperware or whatever we're using? Should it be glass or metal? Is plastic glass okay? Glass is so heavy and annoying. It's so heavy and annoying. Yeah, but it is. I do feel I better about it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I- the mo- like convenience-wise... You can't microwave that plastic anyway. Right. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I, I'm lazy and I microwave most of my leftovers. Mm-hmm. Um, so glass is better in that regard. Unless, so a lot of those glass ones now are hinged with the metal hook and you can't put metal in the microwave. So right. like, think about that too. But yeah, in terms of BPA, there's still a lot. We don't know. And a lot of, I went into a like popular um, container, container store the other day. It's the container store. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying Spoiler, not to put them on the blast. Container store, yeah. And um, a lot of the plastic containers were not labeled whether they were BPA free or not because they weren't made in the U.S. So right. um, there's still like a lot of mystery around that. And so I, I personally just avoid it at the moment. Okay. But yeah, glass is heavy and like it takes up, it's usually not stackable and it it's takes not. up so much space and you're... Also, I don't know. It stuff falls on me when I take it out of the like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, glass is not my fave. I tend to like warm things up after I put it in a plate or something like that. Take Um, it out of the storage container. Yeah, I'm. I'm also worried about storage. Oh, so you raise another good point. You really shouldn't microwave leftovers over and over again. Yeah, like Mm. a big container of them because every time you reheat it and it comes back. You're increasing that chance, like of that course. time period for all of the bacteria to multiply. Right, because yeah. you're heating it up, then it has to cool down again. Yeah. So you're basically saying heat individual portions, don't heat like your whole exactly. pot of soup again. Yeah. Yes. Right. And there's that another thing with the microwave too that's important to know, especially if you buy frozen food and you see the instructions say, microwave it for two minutes, stir it, and then microwave it for two yes, minutes again. There's right. a reason, and I often try to bypass it just out of laziness, but the reason is because, especially if it's something with meat or, you know, something that's prone to having bacteria, the microwave heats things from the outside in. So if you yeah. don't stir it, the items in the middle are likely not to get heated through to the proper temperature that it will sure. be safe. Yeah, because there's like heat pockets when you're when you're heating things yeah. in the microwave. It's very weird. Yeah, can we eat leftovers straight out of the fridge? I love a Me cold, I you like know, cold like food. lo mein or like. Oh a slice my god! Of pizza. Why does it taste better it's than so noodles? Good. But we, if we properly stored it and we got it in there in time, there should be no issue, right? Right, it should be fine. Okay, reheating things can help kill the bacteria. Right. Okay. but if you had stored it properly the whole time, that should be totally fine. Okay. You can Good. have your Thank cold you. pizza. So often on this show, I think something and I ask and then they're like, oh, no, you're, you're doing that all wrong. And it like breaks my heart. Like I remember <laughs> from the dentist episode, she's like, you should be flossing after you brush. And I was Who like. Who would have thought, though? So Wait, I, I, don't, I was told the other way around. Yeah, it's controversial. But I just am afraid <laughs> that you. I'm worried you're going to get in here and like just break our hearts left and right about food. I know. But we can, still, we can still have our cold domain. But I feel like it's funny with the dentist episode. I'm like, oh, shit, I need to change my life immediately. And with this, I'm kind of like, you know. But really, <laughs> like, how hard is it to just put pizza in the fridge after like before two hours? Actually, the box is very annoying. You have to take it out of it because it's like <laughs> the fridges are small. Well, I'm just going to fight you on <laughs> That's this. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to fight you on food safety pizza every step of the way. I shouldn't have listed pizza. Rice? Yeah. yeah. No, Leaving no. rice out? 
or pasta. I don't okay. know. How hard is it to just move it into yeah. the fridge? No, and that's a good point, too, because rice looks innocuous. It's like little cute mm. grains that don't look like they're going to do anything bad. Spores. Just think of spores Spore. now when oh, you see you rice. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> no, you're right. That, that is affecting me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about the freezer? Yes. I love freezing things. Mm-hmm. Um, Mardi Gras coming up. My best friend sent me a king cake. Mm. And, you know, to preserve my girlish figure I chopped it up and I like ate a little bit and I put the rest like individually in the freezer Cute. now I'm gonna enjoy it for like three months whenever one, you need you it need, you whenever I need it. and I do need pancakes sometimes yep. so how long can I keep stuff in there especially I want to know meat like how long can I well, keep well we once published this article where they basically said that in terms of food safety if you've again stored it properly up until the point when you freeze it meat or any food you put in the freezer will outlive you it's kind, wow. of, kind of awesome right <laughs> yeah. In, I don't know. In terms of safety, but in, of course, like texture or things you will lose out on it oh. after certain timelines. Like Is it the thing that Noah's talking about where it may like diminish in flavor and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Okay. But mm. mostly texture, also flavor. Texture. Things, you know, like when foods are um, exposed to colder temperatures, it converts sugars to starches and things like that. That's why oh there God. are arguments about putting tomatoes in the refrigerator. I think the scary thing for me about freezers is like the defrosting part. Mm-hmm. How should we do it? I don't want to like. I have no idea. How to I don't defrost. either. Like some people are like, oh, leave it on the counter. Some people are like put it in the fridge. I always leave on the counter. Can you and put I, it in the I microwave? I feel in my heart, Christian's going to be like, this is so you wrong. You are doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> doing it wrong. You're definitely Shocking. doing that one wrong. <laughs> the thing you really shouldn't do is leave it on the counter ever, especially if it's meat. There are like three ways to do it. Um, so gentle, though. One is the microwave, which I hate because yeah. def- I'm sorry, but defrost settings on microwaves are impossible to figure out. Yeah. And you like accidentally cook it sometimes and it's the grossest thing it's, yeah, ever. Right. But, th- but it is safe. Okay. Um, the second way, which is the way I usually do it, but you have to have a lot of foresight, is to just put it in the refrigerator because it takes oh, yeah. usually like overnight. Right. So, okay. But you can't be like a last minute person and do right. it that way. But I do the, it in the fridge sometimes. Yeah. The way that I like that's second fastest to the microwave is putting it in a cold water bath. Mm-hmm. The only thing is you have to change the water out every 30 minutes so you can't just like leave it and forget about it. That's a lot of work. It is yeah. kind of. And if your packaging isn't like super vacuum sealed, like if you have a package of salmon it or can something, get in. it gets in there and then it gets all mushy. But it happens kind of fast though when you put something in water. I'm fine. It's way faster putting it in cold water and it should not be like lukewarm or warm. It has to be cold water oh. than um, just setting it out on the countertop. Why do we not want to be doing it on our countertop? It takes too long and it's going to be out for more than that two hour time period. So as it's coming up to temp, then it then it's getting that range where all of the bacteria can start danger to zone. doing their thing, the danger zone. Okay. I just have to ask, and this is like more of like an educated opinion question. Okay. How much can our bodies fight these things? Because I'm doing a lot of the shit that Kristen's like, don't do this. And I don't know, a lot of the times I'm just like skipping about. When we talked to the doctors, well, we, our reporters talked to the doctors about the fried rice syndrome story. They said, you know, for most people, you'll have nausea uh, or maybe you'll throw up or have, there's a lot of diarrhea talk with this subject. Sure. Um, Most people, this symptoms will go away after a day or two. If they don't, you you should go to the hospital. But our bodies are pretty good at it. But we really just are trying to avoid people having, I don't want to have all those things happen to me. No, I don't want to. I don't want to be sick. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Yahoo Finance. Raj, I've got a question that I've been asking myself a lot recently. Tell me. Am I investing wrong? Ooh, I see what you did there. But I'm sincerely asking because look, I have investments. I have an account here, a 401k there, and I'm really lucky I don't have any crushing debt. But until recently, I haven't had the confidence that I've been doing it right. I know what you mean. We all want to make sure we're making good financial decisions, not just doing whatever Susie Orman told us to do 10 years ago. (laughs) Exactly. But that's why I've been using Yahoo Finance. Tell me more about it. Well, with Yahoo Finance, I've been able to consolidate all of my accounts into one place. And I got to tell you something. It's been so much easier. Okay, Yahoo Finance. It's giving nostalgia. Absolutely. You know, I found Yahoo Finance to be incredibly helpful for tracking everything I need with all of my money. And as you probably know at this point, I'm quite wealthy. I know, spiritually and literally. I am not a wealthy one percenter yet. So would the service be good for me still? Oh, 100%. Yahoo Finance is good for everyone from the very seasoned investor or just a normie like you who's looking for a little extra guidance. It gives you all the tools and info you need. So if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like Yahoo Finance will give me a holistic look at the financial news cycle, original editorial perspectives, and so much more. That's exactly right. And let's just say Yahoo Finance is going to be the perfect place to link all your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. Hell yeah. I cannot wait to make it rain with the help of Yahoo Finance. (laughs) So for comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. Yahoofinance.com. Once again, that's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Am I Doing It Wrong? I want to move into like a more fun topic. Let's do it. It's just like, how should we, less about the food safety part where we're going to kill someone or, you know, be shitting our brains out. And more just like, (laughs) you know, good ways that we're not wasting food or like food is ripening in the right way. So like, I just thought we could go through a whole bunch of stuff and be like, what's the best way to store this? Yeah, Noah's done a bunch of good research on this. Some of these things I have never even heard of. Right. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just start with maybe some produce, bananas. Yeah, I did not know this. Okay. But you said that the best way is to hang. To hang them. 
I didn't know that either. I didn't either. That's why you see those crazy, like, literally banana hangers that you can get from Amazon for like for, $12. I was going to say those look like for rich people, but if they're $12. One yeah. of those useless one-off cooking tools, but yeah. it actually does make sense scientifically, right? Right. So that's because bananas emit ethylene, which mm-hmm. is how they ripen. And so you want to limit how much of the ethylene is reaching the banana. And so if you hang them, that means there's like more fresh air circulating around them. Mm-hmm. And and if they're in a bowl, it's just like they're sitting in that ethylene and they're yeah. just getting ripe, ripe, ripe. Okay, that makes sense. And I love bananas. I want to try them, I right? love bananas. Yeah. Bananas are going extinct, they say. <gasps> Kristen. I know. Yes. I'm sorry. Cavendish the- bananas the one, are the kind that we mostly eat. And they're in trouble. So we need to save the bananas. We do. I want to save the bananas. And until we do, we should be like cherishing everyone we have and getting it perfectly right. I'm going to start like freezing bananas now. It's going to be like when I have like a freezer full of bananas. You can freeze bananas, but here's what. Don't freeze them in the peel because the peel will turn black. No, no, never in the peel. Always just chop it first. I do that all the time. It's a good good trick. All right. Um, Bananas are also like one of the major ethylene producing fruits. Some produce more than others. So that is why it's a good trick too if you want to, like if you have a pear that's not ripe enough, put a banana in like a paper bag with it, close it up, and the ethylene in the banana causes the pear to start ripening. So, oh. And also that's why I've heard too, if your bananas aren't ripe, just put your bananas in a bag. Yeah. And same with avocados, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just traps the ethylene and then it helps it ripen quicker. That's genius. Yep. Which is very smart. It is. That's a good one. I have one that I saw. It's, it's There's TikTok conversation about it. It's garlic. Okay. Oh. Do you guys have any feelings about leaving garlic out versus putting it in the fridge? I have been just like watching these um, completely unqualified people on TikTok <laughs> be like, you need to leave your garlic out. Don't ever put it in the fridge. I do not put it in the fridge. I've never put it in the fridge because I treat it like potatoes and onions, which you just put in like a cool, dark pantry-like place. Okay. Why are they saying you shouldn't put it in the fridge? What will happen? I think they said something about how it gets soft and dries out. You know, it becomes like leathery and gross. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then if it gets soft and dries out, it will also start to sprout. Which And then we recently published an article about potatoes. So have you ever seen the little sprouts on potatoes? Yes. Sometimes? What the hell is that? Yeah. And so can we still eat those? It's a toxin called solanin. Of course it is. And <laughs> it, when it's a sprout, it's usually there's usually so little of the solanin that it's not unsafe. You can pick the sprout off and okay. eat the potato. But have you ever seen your potato turn green? Yes, yeah. I have. Then it's got so much solanin that it's not safe to eat anymore and you should toss it. No more green potatoes. Okay, yeah. I have not eaten a green potato, but in my head, it was like Benjamin buttoning and getting younger and like turning <laughs> green. I just couldn't make like, sense of it. How but could I was this like, be bad for me? It tastes it. bitter too when it, when it gets okay. green, so you don't want it. And wow. then all of the... Uh, nutrients in it are also like diminished. The cool thing I'm hearing over and over again is your food wants to tell you when it's bad. Like it's not trying to trick you. No secrets. Yeah. Exactly. Stinks. You know, it turns weird colors. It's trying to tell you something. Pay attention. Plastic bags. Are they ever, should you ever store anything in plastic bags or are they generally the enemy? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's up to you. I'm not going to say you shouldn't ever, but it's not helping anything. Right. It's trapping all of this moisture in there. Okay. And they're also bad for the planet, most of them. I know yeah. they have some of the new ones in grocery stores, but um, I don't keep them in there because they're always moist from that sound. You know, the mister at the produce yes. section yeah. with the thunder sound, if you're lucky. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and 
you know, if you just put it, chuck it in the fridge when you get home, it's got all that moisture on there. Yeah. And then it's just lingering. Do you guys cut your herbs and put them in like a little mason jar, like some kind of adorable, well-adjusted human? I don't. You do? I do. Okay. I don't, they're all wilty if they don't. I I mean, especially depending on how it looks when you got it. If it's already a little questionable, then I definitely do it. Okay. It's like parsley, maybe not. Right. Parsley's hearty. Parsley's cheap and hearty. Yeah. Yeah. Hangs in there. I just thought of, before we move on to move away from the produce department, something that I sort of keep in mind when I'm wondering where does this thing go in the fridge or on the counter? Sometimes I I look at like, where do they store it in the grocery store too? Yeah. And I know Mm -hmm. that also part of that is like them trying to stop it from ripening too soon or things like that. But like, you know, I I just think you can take some of your cues from where you find something in the grocery store. Yes. Also, um, food safety wise for meat, you're always supposed to put meat at the bottom of your refrigerator so that if any of the juices leak out, they don't leak down onto your other food. I have a friend that got E. coli that way. That's oh. E. coli, right? That's she it said could she be. got. She said that like it wasn't proven, but her roommate had put like s- some kind of meat on top of her container of pizza, and she ate the pizza. Oh. And she's like, I her her uh, parent is a physician. Was like, this is what you have, and like immediately had to get treated for it. It was so gross. They also advise not putting dairy or anything that needs to be kept super cold in the door of your refrigerator because right. quite often oh. the door leaks energy and isn't as cold as it's supposed to be. Okay. So then it's above that 40 degree mark, your, which your fridge should always be, they say 40 or below, but real nervous people like me suggest yeah. less than 40 because to leave some room for error. Okay. Let's talk about dairy. D- completely. Yeah. Because I think... Um, whenever I hear people tell f- ridiculous stories about them shitting their brains out from food poisoning, mm. whatever it may be, and it 80% of the time involves dairy. dairy. Like they were at a festival and like something was out too long. Like mm-hmm. it's always sour cream, like milk, something that's, you know, sometimes people keep milk and cream out for coffee. Oh, yeah. Like the milk is out, just out all day Forever. for hours. Right. That's gross. Okay. Tell me how we should be storing all dairy. Well, cheese is hard because some cheeses are aged. And, you know, right. that means they've already been sitting out forever and they're fine. The yeah. thing about cheese for me is mold. Right. I use cheese paper for that and that helps. What's cheese paper? Cheese paper is like, it's it's better than plastic wrap or wax paper because it's, um, it's coated with this special cellulose-based coating that keeps, like, a, cheese requires a little bit of moisture, but it can't have too much, obviously, Got or it. it'll get moldy and it gets, it's like just the right amount of coating to get the moisture just right. Okay. So my cheese used to mold all the time. I would put it in Ziploc bags and it would just get moldy in like two weeks. And now it lasts months. Okay. okay. I asked I asked my cheese gal at Whole Foods and she said also, if you're not going to do, she told me about that, but she said aluminum foil. Like she said the thing about how it needs to have a tiny bit of moisture, but not yeah. too much. And she's like, do the Ziploc bag if you want, but put it in aluminum foil first. Oh, that's and good I was enough. like, interesting. And it worked. Can we just cut the mold off the cheese and still eat the cheese? Such or if there's mold, do we want to get rid of the cheese? I cut it off and eat it. I don't okay. unless it's a super spongy cheese where it could like penetrate through, like, like something soft super one. soft. Yeah. Right. People say it about and I've I've like, you know, edited articles about this as well with bread. If there's mold on it, people are like, throw it out because you don't you can't really but see how far it's done. Yeah. Yes. And with cheese, it's like not as you can just dangerous. Do it. Yeah. The big thing people talk about, I feel like <laughs> everyone has a a strong opinion on this is butter, whether you leave it out at room temperature yeah. or not. Mm. What do you guys do? You know whatever I'm doing is just <laughs> fuck shit at this point. No, I, I keep it back in the fridge. I don't leave butter out. 
Yeah. I don't really use butter. So oh. it's not really a thing. <laughs> I use butter but on everything. Growing up and in my mom's house, there is a butter dish. Yeah. There's butter in the fridge, and that's for like, you know, baking or whatever, but there is just a butter dish to put on bread on the counter. Raj, you are being more careful than you need to. Oh my God. You're not doing it wrong, really, but you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can leave it out, they say, for about a week at room temperature. Whoa. Safe. Did not know that. Yeah. It's got so much fat in it. That's why. The fat's uh, a preservative butter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, that's really cool. And if it's salted butter, which most of us do use yeah. for that, it's another preservative. Okay. Let's talk about condiments. Condiments are maybe my mm. favorite thing in the entire world. I love a sauce. I love a sauce. I love yeah, a chutney. Too. I love mm-hmm. any, an aioli. Um, <laughs> one thing I think is controversial is you go to a restaurant and you see ketchup on the table. Yeah. But I would never leave ketchup in my cupboard, you know what I mean, once I've opened it. So why do restaurants leave ketchup on the table? And is that okay? Also, I have to add to that, people are very divisive about hot sauce. I put my yes. hot sauce in the fridge. Right. My partner likes to keep it out. And, so, and you'll yeah. see it on tables in restaurants too. So yeah. I'm wondering like, what's up with that? There was this huge debate over this a few years ago and Heinz had to like tweet out and explain themselves. But basically in a restaurant, it's different than at home because the turnover is so fast. They'll go through a bottle in a day maybe with uh, so many people squirting right. onto their food. Um, yeah. But like Heinz, for example, is shelf stable. You should be able to keep it not refrigerated for a long time. However, they say certain like, the temperature of your room or certain storage um, issue conditions, uh, They because of that, they recommend that you refrigerate it after you open it. But it really is meant to be shelf stable. Not all brands are going to be the same. There are all these new fancy ketchup brands that are like organic. Those probably will not be as shelf stable. Yeah. yeah. So you just have to kind of read the bottle. Um, what about yeah, hot sauce? Hot sauce is... Um, are pretty shelf stable because they're they have a lot of acidity in them, yeah. but they still recommend they, they will be good for up to six months or so. But experts still recommend refrigerating them because you don't lose anything in the quality by refrigerating them. Okay. When in doubt, refrigerate. That's where my head is at. Would you agree? And you'll with lose that? a lot of flavor. Yeah, you'll lose oh, a lot okay. of flavors okay. and things if they deteriorate. If they're not kept in like a cool, dark place, a lot of condiments will kind of like lose their punch. Okay. Is mayo as problematic as people say it is? And I mean that from a food safety point of view. I I love mayo. Is a conservative. I could eat mayo with like a spoon. I love mayo. Maybe not. Maybe not with a spoon, but I really love it. No, I know what you mean. Like slather that shit on. You always hear like, don't bring a potato salad with mayonnaise to a picnic because it's going to sit in the the sun. That's the thing about like sitting out. You hear all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. So the issue is usually they say potato salads or egg salads or things that are kept like at picnics they're usually referencing like outside in a warm temperature. And the food experts we've spoken to before for articles say it's not actually the mayo itself. Mayo has a lot of acidity and preservatives built into it that it should be refrigerated, but it's generally pretty shelf-stable product, it's not likely to transfer a lot of bacteria, but it's the combination of the mayo with things like potatoes or chicken or eggs that are really low acid food. So it brings down the acidity level of the mayo. And then the other issue is just our behavior with foods like that. We tend to let them sit out like on a blanket in the sun for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. So that's why they warn against those kind of mayo-based salads. But it's not the mayo's fault, really. Oh, poor Mayo's ma- poor <laughs> I hate mayo, so I can't believe I'm saying <sighs> I'm a mayo hater. <laughs> so good. Kristen, you're going to have to leave. I'm sorry. I know. All right. What about our spices? Because yes. I am, I'm very like sentimental about my spices uh-huh. sometimes. Like, you know, my mom will like roast them and grind them for me. And they're like beautiful, you know, Indian spices and stuff. And I'm, I don't cook 
Indian food all the time. So sometimes I'll have those spices for more than a year. And I'm like, wait, should I be? And my mom's always like, no, dump and refresh. You have to. And I think, is that more about food safety or about like losing the flavor? Or both? Most, it's both, but mostly it's about losing the flavor mm-hmm. and the quality. Your mom is totally right. Six months is the, gu- okay. the guideline. Yeah. You'll lose the quality and all of the, you know, there are a lot of like oils and things inside spices and you'll lose a lot of them. They just don't become as pungent after a while. Um, But there is a food safety element. Have you ever, especially in paprika or any like pepper-based dried spices, Uh have you ever heard about or yourself experienced like some like crawling, like little worms crawling? No, No, but I have heard of this. Yes. We had an article about it a while ago based on my own personal experience where I had to find out what was happening. Like a lot of times in paprika, you'll open it and it looks like it's moving. Oh. And it's, it is because there are these little beetles called cigarette beetles that love to um, kind of in the process of the bottling, they find their way into, they love peppers because they love those the nutrients that are in peppers and their larvae are in there. And the, sometimes you'll open, especially if you haven't used it for a while, yeah. you'll open a thing of paprika and it'll, it'll look like little worms. It's the larvae. Yeah. I don't know. That's the grossest thing ever. But mm-hmm. I also, it's kind of cute. Like, the, I, no. I'm having a moment. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely the, Maybe not. it's just the way you're describing it. I mean, it's horrible. But also, you're like, there are babies in there. No. You're no, Raj. No, unique. Absolutely not. <laughs> it is it's also because I haven't experienced it. If I did, I may just completely pass out. I think so. Yeah. It's gross. But it is hard with spices, too, because like you said, like, if you aren't cooking that often. Mm-hmm. I just bought sumac at Christmas mm-hmm. for a salad I made. Yeah. I'm never going to use sumac again. Sumac's so special, but it doesn't, you know, it's not an everyday. I wish they would make them in smaller. You know, the McCormick makes some of the times that, but only in the really popular ones. And that's the opposite of what we need. The popular ones, they need We need garlic powder like every day. Yeah. 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 But I heard someone on, maybe it was TikTok, they were just saying, so you're saying every six months. This person was saying at least once a year, yeah. which is more than probably we do it anyway. I don't do it that often, even right. though I know I'm yeah. supposed to. But she was like, she just spends her New Year's um, going through her spice rack and dumping anything she hasn't, you know, it's over yeah. a year. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend my New Year's that way. But I'm she's like, hung over anyway. So I'm well, maybe it's like an at-home activity. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'll admit I'm bad. I cook all the time. And I went through my spices the other day and some were labeled from 2007. I did throw them out right. now, but it took it's me that peak long. mom behavior, though. Like, you know, like, sometimes go home to your parents' house. I would house bet like most people stuff. listening have some old-ass spices in their cupboard. And most of the time it's safe, but they're just not, like, maybe your food isn't tasting as good as it could right. if you would buy some totally. spices. But that's the thing, too. It's expensive. Spices are too expensive. What are some foods you can think of that last for a really, really long time? Yes. Because the only one I know is honey. I feel like no one I've talked about, there's, like, prehistoric samples of honey that are like still good like what is honey the only one yeah there's like honey in like the pharaoh's tombs <laughs> yeah. and like people are still putting it in their like coffee you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean like, what? what I can't get honey to last without crystallizing hmm Maybe I'm storing it wrong. But even then, even if it crystallizes, <laughs> it's still okay to use. Yeah, though. it's safe. It is. Yes. Yeah, it's safe. Salt is the only other thing I can really think of. I mean, it'll clump up. Okay. But salt is used to keep other foods safe. I mean, that that's great. That's good to know. What about alcohol? Mm-hmm. I always wonder about this. I literally have a bottle of alcohol from 2008 in my freezer. It's vodka that I got when I worked at Out Magazine at some party. It's like cucumber vodka, and I just have never opened it. Are you being sentimental about it? I'm just like, it's a full bottle of vodka. Why should I get rid of it? Yeah. But like, why don't I just drink it? But I move, and I bring it with me, and it's still No, it's definitely, there's something sentimental happening here. Yeah. But I feel like it's still good. The guideline is 
if it's 80 proof yeah. or over, yeah. then it doesn't go bad. Vodka okay. is 80 proof. So you're probably okay. It is tricky though. And yeah, unopened wine, they say, you know, wine is, uh, it's it's not very intuitive because, you know, we value old wine. Right. Funk. Yeah. But they say, so like anything up for 20 years is okay, but anything over 20 years could be questionable depending on where it's been stored. I do get that it's, it has to be about storage because like yeah. whiskey too. People love like a right, good old, old whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any final tips for us in terms of food storage or keeping things fresh or not dying after we've eaten some <laughs> French onion dip? I will mm. just preach forever about the danger zone. Yeah. The two hours. It's all, it's so easy to remember yeah mm-hmm. just don't keep anything out at room temperature for more than two hours sure and also another like big shout out to our bodies for being so wonderful intuitive like the the effects sometimes you will puke immediately immediately after eating something that right. you left mm-hmm. out too long or whatever and your body's like nope gonna save you get that out of here get it out and you good like yeah I love that for us. Me too. Have you had a lot of experiences with food poisoning? Um, not a lot, thank goodness. But I am one of those people who, when I have eaten something that was bad or left out too long, my body expels it immediately. Yeah. Like, and then I'm like, all right, who wants to go to the gym? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so I really, and it's been rare, but I have noticed now that we're talking about it. My body's like, nope, didn't like it. And it's out. Um, and and sometimes I didn't leave something out, but like, you know, that during food prep, things happen. Like, you know, so, but I have, my my girlfriends and I like to talk about poop and puke. So I know everyone's <laughs> food poisoning stories. Right. My partner too, he has really funny ones, which I haven't asked permission, so I won't say any of them. But like, he has graphically detailed, hilarious food poisoning stories. I definitely had a burrito in 1996 and like... <laughs> It did not treat me well. And I couldn't eat a burrito for yeah, no, 10 the, years. The yeah, for a year. Yeah, it was, it was real. But Condolences. Burritos, burritos are, are back in my life. Okay. Yeah. Mine were all meat related when other people oh. were preparing it, like at an outdoor barbecue and when I was oh, at a graduation see? party that was also outdoors in the summer. So like I realized now that I know all of this that it was probably just left out too long. But that also informs know. your fear of, you know, accidentally making someone sick because someone mm-hmm. did that to you. And never trusting anyone. Yeah. <laughs> This is the thing, though. Anytime you leave your house, you're taking your life into your own hands. I mean, you go to a restaurant and maybe someone didn't wash their hands before they prepped your burger. Like, you just don't know. And so you just have to do the best you can. You do. Yeah. That's it. You know, and control the things you can control. If you can put something away in your fridge and within two hours do it, you know. But I guess we can't worry too much. And it's, again, that, like, annoying rule that we come to at the end of every podcast. We're like, try to keep your body strong. Yeah. You know, and then it can fight stuff better. You know, it's true. It is deep, though. Just try to control what you can and don't worry about the rest. Yeah. Kristen, thank you for being here. This was so illuminating. We love it. And we talked about Thanks. poop almost as much as we did in the poop episode. <laughs> I mean, I'll never be able to outdo the poop episode. I wish I could, but I tried. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is like a worthy contender, I have to say. It's time for Better in Five. These are your top five takeaways from this episode. All right, number one, rice and pasta are our friends, but if we leave them out on the counter, they can quickly turn dangerous. Number two, when it comes to storing foods, moisture is not our friend. Avoid it whenever you can. God, we're learning who our friends are in this episode. (laughs) Number three, you don't want to defrost anything on the counter. This is for me who leaves things out for hours. Uh, Do it in the microwave, the fridge, or try the cold water bath method instead. Number four, we're going to bet that your spice rack probably needs to be updated. After about six months, spices lose their flavor. So if it's been longer than that, it's time for an upgrade. And number five, if you don't take anything else from this episode, just remember Kristen's two-hour rule. Get everything into the fridge or freezer in two hours or less.
Okay, so Noah, have you been doing food storage wrong? I think I have. There's so many rules and there's so many things that you can do better. But I love that we were talking about how, like, aside from the really specific safety stuff, mm-hmm. food wants to tell you who it is and it wants to tell you how it's feeling. Yeah. And so if you follow your nose and you follow the food and you have a look and you have a sniff, maybe you have a little taste, if it's not happy, then send it home. It sounds like the perfect partner. Just like tells you who it is. Yeah. Get a little sniff, you know? It does yeah, wanna... I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And I do think I'm going to try and remember a lot of Kristen's more hard rules, though, because we're busy and, you know, things get left out. And I, I'm i proud of my body for fighting certain things. But, you know, I, I also want to pay it back and, and take care of it. So yeah. I think I'm going to get better for it. Yeah, you are. Well, until next time, as long as there are things to get wrong, we're going to be right here to help you do them better. Love you guys. Do you have something you think you're doing wrong? Email us at amidoingitwrong at huffpost.com and let us know. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.